Are you ready for it? I want to start a new message uh, series today called The Voice. If you have your Bible with you, turn with me to the book of John chapter 3. John chapter 3. In our day, we know opinions abound as to what is true and uh, how you should think, what you should do. Uh, Some voices, of course, are louder than others. Um, They're amplified through various forms of media. Nevertheless, there is a lot of noise, a lot of opinions, and uh, we want to know how we can cut through the noise to hear the voice of our Creator. He does want to speak to us. And His voice, like I said, is just one of many. There are many people that are very free to express what they think. And we hear a lot from the opinions of of individuals. Also, of course, uh, we know that there are uh, other voices, spiritual voices. The devil has a voice, all right? We would be uh, somewhat naive to think that every thought that comes through our mind originates with us, all right? Many times, thoughts that come to you come from a different source, come from the outside, Uh, Some of those, by the way, good news, they came from God. And we want to be able to recognize when that's the case. At the same time, some thoughts come and they're they're demonic in in origin. And sometimes they're easy to identify because if you say them out loud, someone's going to say, wait, 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 no, no, that's not God right there. That disagrees with everything he is and says and stands for. And so uh, we want to be able to, to, know, to know the difference. Um, I was thinking about how sometimes a, a mom uh, with a young baby, young child, is able to pick out that baby's cry in the midst of many other voices. Can any moms relate to that? Yeah, it's like all the kids are in a room, but when you hear your baby cry, it's like, I hear that one. You know, and other, others may say, well, what are you talking about? They all sound the same. Well, they don't to you, right? And in our world, it's, it, it can be that way where someone might say, I don't hear anything. I just hear what's normal, what's lots of noise. But someone else who has a spiritual ear developed to communicate with their creator, they said, no, don't you hear that? Don't you hear that? That's God talking. Sometimes you hear it right in here, so where someone will be, you know, drifting off and saying, hey, look at that light. They get a new light, and, uh, and someone else is saying, oh, I sat under the, the air today, uh, and so, someone else is saying, is that my phone buzzing, and another person is saying, I hear God speaking. I hear God talking. Why didn't everyone hear it? Well, that's the, that's the question. And that's what we do want to resolve and and, and get down to the bottom of so we can all recognize and hear the voice of God. Think about if you had an open line of communication to heaven. Think think about if you could have communication with God, your Father, uh, how much advancement you could make, how much progress you could make in your life as opposed to those who are just guessing those who are just flipping coins, those who are just trying to figure it out and feel their way through a dark world. And you have this access to God where you can hear from him. I mean, I think we should all learn from our mistakes because you certainly, you know, don't want to repeat them. But how many know learning from your mistakes is not the best way? 
<laughs> Certainly shouldn't be the only way. I'd, I'd much rather learn pre-mistake. Yeah, avoid some of that, so, some of that junk in, in life. But I tell you, uh, even, even some of the brightest among us, even some of the smartest, the most educated, or the most disciplined, and, and some very good quality people can be ignorant of spiritual matters, all right? Uh, what I say in some of this today and in the weeks to come might expose um, something that's not pleasant in the sense of, wow, I'm really not as spiritually in tune as I could be. And, and again, it's not really a criticism because you can be a very smart person and still lack some of these uh, basic spiritual abilities or practices in your life, and you can miss the obvious. I, I know um, when I was growing up, we had a, a pantry in the house, and sometimes I would need something out of the pantry. And so, uh, you know, my mother would tell me, it's in the pantry, go ahead and go in there and get it. And I'd open the door in the pantry. And I'd look and I'd stare at the shelves, different shelves, and I'd look and look. Oh, I'm looking and looking, and I'd finally say, I can't find it. It's not even in here. And then she would, in her frustration, <laughs> say, are you looking with your eyes closed again? <laughs> and I'd be grr, like, no, my eyes are open. It's just I can't see it. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? And then she'd come right over there and here it is. <laughs> she knew right where it was. And of course it was a little unfair. She put it there. <laughs> and she was, you know, pantry queen and she knew where everything was and, and I was organized and I would look and I just couldn't see it. <laughs> I think sometimes we get that way spiritually too. And uh, we're looking and looking and we're listening, we're listening, everything sounds the same, everything looks the same, and I'm not recognizing, I, I need one of these, I need a this, and I can't find it. And yet someone else comes up and says, it's right here. What? Why don't you just do this? This is, and it's like, how can that be so obvious to you and, and me be so oblivious to it? Well, maybe some experience with that particular thing. Maybe they've located it before. Maybe they, 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 they have some memory of, of how these things work and where that particular thing is, Yeah. We can all get there. We can learn to navigate the pantry. Yeah. In, in, in John chapter 3, uh, you, you might know there was a guy there uh, named Nicodemus who came to Jesus by night and started inquiring of him. Nicodemus being an astute person, I mean, in the, in the law and, uh, and being a teacher, and he's hardened to talk to the Lord about, you know, the kingdom of God and so forth. And, and Jesus starts talking to him on an entirely different level than he's used to. No one had ever communicated with him on this level. And what, what Jesus said, or what is written in verse 9, John 3, 9, Nicodemus answered and said to him, how can these things be? She's like, what are you talking about? I don't even get this. How can this even be so? Look what Jesus said. Um, Jesus answered and said to him, are you the teacher of Israel and do not know these things? So this is a well-educated person 
This is a person advanced in study and in knowledge and in, in really in the law. But Jesus, he's saying, I don't even get this. And Jesus said, how could this, how is this even possible? You're a teacher and you don't understand what I'm talking to you about? Okay, and the reason is, is because Jesus was talking to him about spiritual realities that he had never even grasped that they could be real or that they were so. But if Nicodemus found himself in this condition, how many think it's possible that there's some things that, that we don't know? Could you open up your mind to consider that there's some things about God and about life that you don't know yet? I tell you, if we'll do that, we open ourselves up for more to learn, to grow, to increase in the knowledge of these matters. Why don't you say it with me? Say, there might be things I don't know about God and life. Yeah, yeah. And so Jesus would frequently deal with people who were so naturally minded, they could not grasp the things of the Spirit. And we want to be graspers <laughs> of spiritual matters. For example, in this very conversation, just prior to what we read, a verse that you hear me quote, if you're regular here, at least once a week, right? And Jesus talked to Nicodemus about being born again. Remember he said in the third verse, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And when he said that, what's Nicodemus saying? <laughs> what are you talking about? Well, I don't even get this. I can't even relate to this. Yet it's a very simple reality in the spirit realm. It's a very simple truth in the kingdom of God. But he said, you have to be born again. You know, a few, ver few chapters later in chapter six, Jesus teaching, he says in verse 54, whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life and I will raise him up at the last day. Now, I mean, no, that irked some people. <laughs> Jesus talked about eating his flesh, drinking his blood, and half the church left. They did. They walked away from him and said, uh, this guy, no, I'm not going here with him. Yeah. And they left. And it was only those who stayed who got further instruction. By the way, that's a principle. <laughs> Sometimes people are so quick to judge, so quick to give an opinion, so quick to ha have a response to something they don't understand. They take what they don't understand and make decisions based off of, off of it instead of stopping, slowing down and saying, help me to understand. Lord, teach me. I'm staying tight with you. No matter what you say or matter, matter what I don't get, I'm staying with you. Those people get the explanation. Those people get further instruction. Amen. No matter what happens in your life, or no matter what doesn't happen, what you know and understand or what you can figure out or can't figure out, purpose in your heart to say, Lord, I'm staying with you. You are the answer. You have the answer. I don't know it all, but I'm going to stay long enough so I'm not going to get offended based upon what I don't know. But these people did. He's talking about eating his flesh and drinking his blood. I'm out of here. Well, you fool, go ahead and leave then. Those who stuck around, you know, even with the, when Jesus taught the parables, he would often teach a parable and just leave the parable hanging, right? No explanation. And then his disciples, those who were close to him, those who spent more time with him, they'd get alone and say, Lord, could you tell us what you meant by that? 
and he would explain it and open it up to them. Yeah, it tells us those who spend more time with the Lord, those who press into God and have an intimate relationship with him, they will gain the understanding that they need to have victory. You'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. If you don't stick around long enough to hear the truth, you stay in bondage. Yeah, and so these things are spiritual matter. Again, it was commonplace. Jesus would make statements like this. In Luke 9, 24, he, he said, for whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. Again, sounds like a contradiction. What are you talking about? That doesn't even make any sense. Unless you know things of the Spirit, then it does. In, in Luke chapter 14 and verse 11, Jesus said, for whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. There you go again. I want to go higher, go lower. And no, 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 I need to go up. I got to go down. How do I get to the next floor? Take the stairs down. <laughs> but I need to get to the top floor. Get in the elevator and push basement. <laughs> ah, I don't get this. I know it's spiritual in nature. Don't always make sense to this natural, the natural mind or the, or, or the natural world. Even Paul said in, in, in 2 Corinthians 12, he said, for when I am weak, then I am strong. We might think, I thought when I was strong, I was strong. I thought when I was weak, I was weak. No, you need revelation of what that means, and then it, res it results in personal strength. Yeah, But all these issues are matters of spiritual interactivity, spiritual perception. Paul wrote to the Corinthians about, uh, about things of the Spirit in, in 1 Corinthians 12 and 1, and the very first thing he said there, he says, I do not want you to be ignorant of spiritual things not ignorant of spiritual things. What, 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 what does that mean? They're already saved. They're already in the kingdom of God, but they still had a great deal to learn about spiritual matters. If that was true with them, that would be true about us. So when we're talking about hearing uh, God's voice, obviously I'm not talking about using your physical ears to hear him. If that were the case, we wouldn't need to teach. There wouldn't have to be any instruction. It's a spiritual connection. It's a spiritual perception and recognition of what God is saying. And that is why we give attention to this now. And as our mind gets placed on things that are real, even though our mind is not fully grasping them in the physical world, we open up our hearts to experience more of God. You'll watch, some of you have already taken a step up in this service right now. Things of God are more, more real to you than they were just a few minutes ago. And the reality is because we're thinking about it, we're looking to him, we're seeking direction, and, and, and God is revealing himself to us. You know, right after Jesus got done talking about eating his flesh and drinking his blood, he, he made a statement to those who stuck around. And he said in John 6, 63, it is the spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. If you say, I don't even know if I know what that means. I know, stick around and watch. Stay tight with the Lord and recognize and he'll speak to you and spiritual things will become more real than ever before. If you feel like you have that deer in the headlight look right now, uh, stick around if your heart is hungry, you'll gain a greater perception of reality. You know, a popular saying today, 
in recent months, over the last year, is follow the science. You ever heard that one? Almost like that's the end all statement because everyone is still picking and choosing which study, which doctor, which scientist they want to listen to. So it's hardly the end all statement. Just follow the science. Yeah, whose science? <laughs> right? But think about it. We know there, there, there is some good science in the physical world. Uh, by observation, people can replicate and determine certain things to be true about the physical world. You think that could also be true about the spirit world? That just as there is a science to physical things, there is a science to spiritual matters. That you could actually learn things of the spirit and be able to navigate your spiritual life that without that knowledge, you would just be walking in the dark. You know, I, was right, I wrote a definition of, of science, the systematic study of the structure and behavior of the physical and natural world through observation and experiment. Okay, so think about your spiritual life. Could you approach that the same way? You have some systematic approach and you observe, you pay attention, you experiment, meaning you take the word of God, you put it into practice, you communicate with your father a certain way and you, you experiment with things. By the way, don't be concerned about that. Like, oh, I don't want to you know, play with fire. Listen, God has got very big shoulders. Amen. He is not so upset if you say the wrong thing. I might say it wrong, I might do it wrong, I might mess this up, you know. Listen, he, he's, he's comfortable in his own skin. <laughs> he knows what you don't know. He really does. He knows what you lack in, what we, are, uh, we, we come up short in. And he loves us anyway. And I think, I really believe this, he appreciates the heart of the person who will seek after him even though they don't have all the answers. Look, there's another one looking for answers. Let's see how long they stick with it. I don't know if he says that, but you know. But I would appreciate that. Look at, look at that. They've been seeking me. They've been seeking me. They're looking for answers. Give them a little bit more. Give them a little bit more. Give them a little bit more. Amen. And not be afraid of, of making a mistake. We're learning. We're observing. We're walking with God. It's a practice. I mean, anyone is, we are totally arrogant if we think we have it all figured out. I mean, who in here has it all figured out? I know how everything works. I don't think anyone does. But all of us can say, I know my God, he wants to speak to me. He loves me. And I don't know how everything works, but I am gonna continue to pursue the ways of God and learn the things of the Spirit so I can uh, walk with him closer than ever before. Now, when we talk about the voice, obviously I'm talking about the voice of God. Uh, uh, hearing voices, you know, can be a little bit strange. You know, whenever someone says, a voice spoke to me, aren't, aren't many of us a little skeptical? Yeah, a voice spoke to you, okay, all right, isn't that special? <laughs> uh, uh, what did that voice say to you? <laughs> and, uh, and, and obviously the, the, the what of that voice saying to you can many times reveal immediately whether it's valid or not. 
you know, and many times people say, I heard a voice and I think it was God talking to me and they say something totally bizarre and weird. I mean, you know, we should come to their rescue <laughs> and say, uh, excuse me, no, that, no, 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 that was not God. God does want to talk to you, but that was not it. And, and other times it might not be as, quite as clear, but I'm aware that when we are venturing out into this subject, we are going out into the land of weird, okay? Because there is the legitimate, there's the real genuine article, and there are lots of counterfeits and lots of confusion. And like I said, you know, the enemy has a voice too. His voice is one of deception. It's one of trickery. It's one, it's one to lead people astray. So seeking to know the voice of God and recognize uh, this is extremely valuable. Now, uh, if you know, many of you know my philosophy of church, how church should happen, and what a real Christian life should look like, one way I describe it is this way, is that it should be extremely powerful and extremely relatable or normal. If you are really, really close to God, you're not, the, you're not just some weirdo who can't have a conversation with another human being. All right, you've left the spirit of God if you're living in the land of the ozone. Okay, Jesus would have conversations with the educated, with, the, with prostitutes, with religious people, with all criminal, all kinds of people. He could have a real conversation and love them and also bring the goods, meaning power would flow out of him. Authority was there. And he, had, he could understand and talk about being born again, for example. Uh, he could speak, on, and this, is, this should be our goal. I want to be so tight with God that I could have a conversation with anyone, even a, a religious person, someone who doesn't believe in God. I could talk to someone who's highly educated. I can bring them spiritual goods and have a normal relationship, but also be powerful at the same time. Carry the anointing. In, in the beginning, it was very, very normal. It was like breathing for people to hear God's voice. It was very, eating, there's eating, there's noises, there's physical world, there's hearing God's voice. Hey, there's a tree. Hey, there's, a, there's an elephant. There's the Lord. <laughs> you know, I mean, hearing God's voice was the way that God designed this to work. It was not the exceptional experience. It was the normal experience. And think about it. If you were, if you were doing the creating and you were creating intelligent beings, as it says in Scripture, we were made in his likeness and his image. So you're making someone like you, if you could do that. Uh, wouldn't you include in your creation an ability within that creation to hear from you or to receive further communication? Yeah, you'd put a USB port or something in there, right? So you could have further interaction as opposed to creation, and now there's no communication whatsoever. And I'm telling you, God did this. He created us, and we have an innate in, uh, ability to hear from him. You were designed to hear your creator's voice, to have communication and interaction with him. This is not a bizarre thing. This is not something we try to get. I wish I had one of those. I need to get one installed. It's in you. It is very, very normal. It is absolutely the way God created us to be. In the beginning, 
hearing God's voice was no less real than physical things, even after the fall. Someone might quickly say, well, we have sinned and we've fallen from that place. But even after the fall, it was still normal. Even, even when Cain was about to kill Abel and after he had killed Abel, he was having uh, conversations with God. They would just talk. He wouldn't freak out and say, what's that voice? Who's that talking to me? No, they would just talk. It was normal. And in fact, it took a long time, many years, until it became abnormal. Until the human race was conditioned into not hearing the voice of God anymore. Then it became exceptional. Only relatively few people would tap in. And then later, God would put his spirit on certain people, prophets, and, and they would hear the voice of God, but no one else would. The one day when Samuel was just learning as a young boy and God spoke to him as he was calling him to the prophet's ministry, and the, he, the Lord would speak to him and he'd go running into Eli and say, who's that? I, I, did you call me? What do you need? And after a few times, he said, why don't you answer the voice? <laughs> and he figured out God was speaking to him, but that wasn't normal, but God's original design, this was normal. It was normal with Jesus. He, in fact, said everything I do. I do it because everything I say, I heard my father say it. He, he, had, he had engaged in that type of relationship. And so it is in our spiritual DNA to have a conversation with God. Prayer is not to be a one-way event. And God does speak. In fact, throughout the scriptures... We have a record in which God spoke to and God spoke through people and intervened in the affairs of life. This is how God works. He speaks to people. Amen. Now, let me have you turn to one more place and I'll finish my introduction. <laughs> Go to the very first verse of the Bible. Genesis chapter 1, beginning in verse 1. Here's the thing. When you hear from God, everything changes. No word from God, no change, no rearrange, no improvement. But when you hear from God, it is the source of everything being different. Genesis 1, verse 1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Then God said, let there be light, and there was light. I want you to consider the condition of the planet at this moment. It is in verse 2, Hebrew words are tohu and bohu. Yeah, tohu, bohu, translated, uh, translated here, without form and void. So lots of speculation as to why or how the planet came into that condition. But at that moment, the planet was a mess. It was mass chaos, confusion. It wasn't a pretty place. It needed intervention, right? The planet was all tohu and bohud. And what was over the face of the deep? Darkness was. Until what happened? 
until God spoke. See, the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the deep. He's the Spirit of the Lord. He's everywhere. He's hovering over the face of the deep. And nothing's changing. Sometimes we say, oh, but God is everywhere, so everything's going to be fine. No, no, no. He is everywhere, but have you noticed everything's not fine? He's all around the planet. He's all in your life. He's in your house. He's in your car. He's, he was there when you had that fight today. He, <laughs> he, he's there in the operating room. He's, he's everywhere, but not always is there spiritual activity. He hovers until what happens? Until God says. And when God speaks, bam, just like that, the Spirit of God goes into motion. And light and darkness separate. And the land and the, uh, the dry land and the water separate. And where people have experienced in their life these very things of confusion. The word means empty. It, 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 the, the word here means uh, meaningless arguments, where there's chaos. All these things get changed when a person hears God's voice. Because at the sound of his voice, the Spirit of God starts making something beautiful out of a mess. I'm telling you, if we can learn to recognize to receive his voice, that's what separates all the bunk and baloney and garbage from everything the way he intended it, intended for it to be from the beginning. I tell you today, if you are living in a chaotic situation or you have areas of your life that are an absolute mess or there's confusion, lack of clarity, lack of direction, lack of sight, there's a word from God waiting. There's a word of God a word from God coming to you. And when you hear that voice, the Spirit of God will change the direction of your life and make everything better. Amen. I tell you, this is the way Amen. that the Lord does it. This is the way. You might hear my voice today, and it might even get you all the way out of the parking lot. <laughs> but I tell you, if you can hear God's voice, it'll carry you through the rest of your days. His voice will sustain. His voice will bring clarity. His voice will bring healing. His voice will bring victory. Many times we ask the question about why we come to church. Why did you come to church? What are you going to get out of it today? And there might be multiple answers to that, to that question. But if I could encourage you this way, do church. Do worship. Do your own prayer time with this expectation. I am going to hear from God. This is, my, this is my belief. This is my prayer. This is my expectation. I am going to hear God's voice. I tell you, he wants you to. There's no doubt in my mind he has something to say. But if we will come approaching him saying, I recognize this is the greatest thing that I need and the most precious thing I could receive is to hear from you, then we are setting ourselves up to have an experience that is normal. <laughs> to have an experience that is God-ordained where he intervenes in the affairs of our lives.
You know, and I'm, I'm thinking about this. I, I'm not approaching this subject just out of something else to say. Uh, I pray, stop the Lord. I believe he, want, he wants me to, to teach this. And I have other things that I will share. He wants me to share this with you about his voice. I think it's a setup, you guys. I really do. I think you are being set up to win. I've done the math. He gives it to me. There's a bunch of people who are going to hear it. Why? Why does, why, why does he want this message out? Because the Spirit of God is hovering over your life. He is hovering in your business. And he has something to say. And when you hear his voice, kaboom, he goes into motion. Yeah. Say it with me. Say, God has something to say to me. Yeah. That's right. If that's all you got out of this, you might not remember everything I said today, but if you can go out of here saying, God wants to talk to me, you know, and, and if you can believe this as you do, I have the ability to hear from him. I may have lost the location of my receiver. I may have not used it as frequently as I could have or should have, but I know it's in there. And I have an ability to learn from, to hear from God. And the things of the Spirit are going to get more real to me from this day forward. And I'm going to hear His voice. Yeah, come on. It's a setup. You're totally going to hear from God. Yeah. I wouldn't doubt if some of you already have. And, uh, and I'll teach you how that works more and more. Uh, but uh, uh, you're totally going to hear from God. Amen. Things, things some people have struggled with for years are going to be solved in a moment. In a moment, you're going to get the answer. You're going to get a victory. You're going to get an, an instruction from him or maybe a correction. But you're going to get it. And things are going to be different. Amen. Amen. I'm thinking about questions. Let me, let me pose a few questions to you and then we'll leave about that without answering. Does, does, does God speak to everyone? Does he speak to everyone? Does he say the same things to everyone? Or is it a different message to different people? Uh, c- can you get him to talk to you more than he does? Is there anything you can do to get him to say more than he has before? Who determines the content of that communication? Is that up to me? Is that, who, who's that, is, is that up to him? Who, who's that up to? D- d- does God ever go silent? Is he ever not talking to you about something in particular? Amen. You guys did excellent with that. Because <laughs> the first service people were answering, and I thought, that was the wrong answer. You guys were brilliant to just ponder the question so we can go into this more without egg on our face. (laughs) Amen. I really believe the Lord wants to talk to us. Praise God. Let's pray today. Father, thank you for working in our hearts today, working in the lives of your people. We believe that your word turns chaos into order.
turns confusion into light and understanding. Your word spoken to our hearts is a most valued, precious thing. We treasure it. Everything that you would say, everything that you have, and everything that you will say to us, we so value you and your voice. Thank you, Lord, for talking to your people. What a privilege, what an honor. And we're expecting it more and more, an increase. We're expecting you to talk to people, you to talk to us. For we are your people, we are your children, we are the sheep of your pasture. We give you all the praise and all the glory for every good thing that will come and that will result from your word in our hearts. Thank you for it today. All the glory and honor, all the praise to you, all the thanksgiving, we give it all to you now. All the glory to your name, most wonderful Father, most precious Savior. In Jesus' name we pray.